0: This is episode 55 of Dead Letter Radio. As always, I'm your host, Taze, and this is the show with the slogan, Your Words, Your Podcast. Because here we feature your writing, your poetry, short stories, song lyrics, unsent letters, anything and everything written down. We give it an audience, a platform, a voice. But you are the star of each and every episode. If this is your first time tuning in and you like to know how you can have your own words featured on this show, stay tuned until the end of the episode. And we are back. (laughs) It's been a while, hasn't it? Uh, Just about a little over a month, I think, since I released the episode. Maybe more. I haven't quite looked a little bit dreading to do so. (laughs) But I've been back. If you follow the show on Twitter... Uh, Then you know that after uh, extended silence, I finally gave some word that I had to step away for a bit. A lot going on in life, good and bad. And I just needed to kind of prioritize other things and just my own uh, mental well-being, honestly. Uh, So I took a break. And I know it's not the first one and probably won't be the last. But, you know, sometimes you got to take time for yourself. So I took a break on a good note, I was able to do things I've never done before, like go on a plane. I was fortunate enough to be in a situation where I could do a little bit of traveling, and that was a lot of fun. I did a nice solo trip, and then a trip with a really good friend. Um, and planes are awesome. <laughs> That's all I could say about that. Uh, but I really enjoyed it. It was a nice uh, reset, and I was able to kind of ground myself. And yeah, it doesn't get you away from all your problems. Um, some things will still follow you, but... It allows you to kind of reframe your mind a little bit and recoup so you can tackle the next challenge, which I think I was able to do. So it was nice overall, but I am glad to be back and with all of you. I hope since last time we talked and last time I was able to share pieces with you that your life has been going well. That on the creative side, you are been able to flourish and really give life to your ideas and thought processes or even just share your experiences Uh, through pen and ink or through typing uh, that you have gone through, for good and bad, Um, because as I said before, this show gathers a bunch of different experiences in creative writing especially, even if it's fictional and gives a kaleidoscope of uh, the world and how we all live in it in different ways and different experiences Uh, But how are you doing? How have you been since we last spoke? Well, as I said, I hope you've been well and I hope you have a soft writing even if you took it have taken a break, I hope you are ready to pick up the pen again. Uh this episode we have some great pieces lined up and I will admit I was a little nervous to uh do the episode. It happens quite often even though we are 55 episodes in over a year, maybe 2 years of doing the show. Um, But I do get nervous (laughs) every now and then when doing an episode until I really sit down and read the wonderful words you guys send in and I'm blown away by just innate talent everyone has, whether you think so or not. As I said, fictional or not, poetry, short stories, you each capture a unique aspect of life and paint it in such a personal tone uh, that no one else would be able to do and so it's always a joy to read your work. So why don't we just jump right into the episode, huh? Enough beating around at the bush. Um, I will say, if there's weird cuts in this episode at all, uh, I am recovering from COVID. I think I'm over it now, uh, but I, uh, when I finally got back home and settled in everything, I did come down with it. Thankfully, nothing too serious, but my, I still have a little bit of a cough. So if you hear a weird cut, That's probably why, and I probably didn't feel like doing a really good job editing it. (laughs) Anyways, let's jump right in. Our first piece is by Libby C., and it is titled, Rooftops. This rooftop sounds like bachata. It drips upward somehow from the streets below, full of fire hydrant and fiesta, and somehow we drown it out. To listen to each other this rooftop is a river full of a muddy scent that lingers across your lips though you are not the one I am promised to your lips are the ones I watch you're talking about a new song It has sonics you love like a single raindrop in a small puddle of watery blood and swoops of synth that cradle me into a stoner's paradise Your dreads are longer than they've ever been. I've known you without them, and despite what you think, I don't have a preference. Both fit in my daydreams just fine. The melting sorbet skyline is under attack by the moon. It fights to stay awake like we do every night. We are together. We are together. Thank you, Libby. Uh, for sharing this wonderful poem with us. Uh, First off, I just have to say I love the scene you paint, and there's little touches of details here and there that alludes to the bigger aspects of these two people's relationships, uh, being how the narrator focuses on the other person's lips even though they are not the one they are promised to, Uh, getting enraptured on how you can hear the romantic interest passion for the song and even how the narrator uh, gives their own thoughts and inputs and their own feelings on it.
1: And I especially
0: love the line where they talk about they don't have a preference uh, for the length of their dreads because both fit in their daydreams just fine and how truly we feel that way when we really care about someone. They might change their hairstyle, but because it's them, it always fits in our daydream. Uh, Beyond that, just the vibrancy and the life you've given to the settings actually surrounding these characters. The rooftop sounds like bachata. The sounds of the street somehow drip upward to fill the rooftop so you can hear everything that's going on around you. And the melting sorbet skyline fighting to stay awake as do our two protagonists. I just think this is a lovely poem. Describing a very colorful scene. Thank you. Next, we have a piece by Meg J., and it is titled, A Name. A name. I gave you a name, yet I remain nameless. The ages have asked after names. Without a name, you simply are. There is no way to be more. But you are now something. You now have a name to build on. I worked for it. Slaved for it. Bled in my heart for it. I sought after it for you. Yet, I remain nameless. Demands, doubts, devilish games and talk. All of this I must mind myself. I must already be alert and aware. I, with no name. Do I advance, or do I retreat? It is an endless game, more complex than any other, and with ever-changing rules. I am expected to win. Yet, I remain nameless. Wherefore, then, is my reason? Why struggle on? I am called nothing, yet I have had other names, beautiful names. Elegant names. Precious names. But I gave those names up to give you one, and to be given one. Yet, I remain nameless. The saddest part, the one that grieves me most, you will see the agony I face with no name, and you will turn your back to it. To hell and back I trekked. Placed a name at your feet when I bowed to no one. Yet I remain nameless. Thank you, Meg Jay, for sharing this poem with us today. Regarding this piece, Meg said, I've been writing stories and stuff since I was ten. Helped me cope with the things I went through. This poem itself is one that I wrote in mind with how love or devotion that we have isn't always reciprocated and we get used, but more than that, we believe that it's the only way, and that was used with quotes around it. But it's also open for interpretation as well. And I really enjoyed uh, the use of the idea of giving a name being related to our love and devotion we have for someone. Uh, we give our love to someone. We give our devotion. Uh, but doesn't mean that we will always get the same back. Uh, and you captured it really wonderfully. Where the narrator is struggling with this concept of not receiving it back and thinking back to the names or the love and devotion they've received, received in the past from others. Beautiful names, elegant names, precious names. But they gave those all up for this one person, and yet they still remain nameless. They still don't receive that love and devotion. And for, for looking at this in a romantic sense, and it's unrequited love. I think that when it comes to poetry like this, and I love the tone this poem has set, but narratives in general, I always appreciate when that idea is tackled and the narrator is not necessarily awarded for their devotion or their love, in a sense that it can be a one-way street because that happens in life frequently. And just because the things we may do may be grand or... Uh, have a lot of weight behind them or we may have given up everything in a sense as the narrative says to hell and back I trekked placed a name at your feet when I bow to no one yet I remain nameless we are not entitled to receive anyone's love necessarily no matter what we give and they can hurt and we can feel spurned by it um, but it is a facet of life and I thought you captured that really wonderfully. The line that really stuck out to me was uh, near the end where it says, the saddest part, the one that grieves me most, you'll see the agony I face with no name, and you'll turn your back to it. And it made me think about how initially we can read that as a very cold statement, but could it be that that person's unable to give you, the narrator, a name? to reciprocate that love or that level of affection. Uh, And should they be vilified for that in day-to-day life? I think we'd usually say no, but when you're in those shoes of being the one in this context giving that name, giving that affection, uh, and hurting over it, it could be hard Uh, to see any other recourse, or how you put it in your background information, you could feel used. Uh, So it's a hard, tightrope to walk that I think we all go through at some point in our life as we grow up. Um, But thank you for sharing. Our next piece is submitted by Jay Train, and it is titled, Obsessions are a Deceptive Light in the Darkness. Bursts of fleeting thoughts, of a projected screen, creators just want to be seen, but only just to show, meant to make one feel, you know? Otherwise, my mind, devoid of even moss, all I can think of are those ill-fated, but still created, misleading thoughts. Thank you, J-Train, for sharing this piece with us today. When reading this poem, and I was really trying to focus on what brings to mind for myself, and combining the last few lines really brought the idea to me of when we're centered in or locked on thoughts and maybe emotions that we don't want to focus on, uh, that we become assessed over whether we like it or not. Uh, like bursts of fleeting thoughts on a screen, we watch it, and have to watch it, even if it's just a show. And even in where you said that your mind, devoid of even moss, all you can think of are those ill-created, misleading thoughts. So even when empty, with nothing else in our head, uh, sometimes those painful thoughts, or those thoughts that we seem to can't shake, keep appearing, uh, even in a place that doesn't even grow moss. And that is a struggle, isn't it? shake those especially when we're in a rut and it could be a happy thing but a lot of times I think more often than not those things that keep popping in our mind we usually find it to be negative in some context something we want to forget or not focus on and in the moments where it is something positive it it is nice right because it forces a smile on our face or a laugh and brightens up the day but either way J Train I thought that you captured that idea in a very unique way. I especially like the phrasing, uh, my mind devoid of even moss, and yet it still is able to come up with these ill, uh, misleading thoughts. I thought that was wonderfully put, so thank you. Next, by Mark Miller, we have a piece titled, A Fringe Memory. Barricade, what I assumed was my lot. Thoughts were stolen from me by years of high charcoal clouds, fringe memories, and toasting the glass water. It was a pleasant rest in ink that held my eyes back softly, and a thumb grazed my bottom lip like sweet Iroquois honey, gnawing an old Baroque smile. So now my hands part gently to hold the mirror face, because we weren't keen to distinction. In you. Well, thank you, Mark, for sharing this poem with us today. It took me a few reads to surmise what I felt the poem was saying to me, at least. And I guess the opening line is the easiest way to put it. Barricade what I assumed was my lot. Thoughts were stolen from me. In life, we... Uh, Sometimes have expectations for ourselves, at least this is what I got out of it. And due to circumstances, those can be barricaded from us. We all had dreams and have dreams. When I was younger, I really wanted to be an astronaut, a pilot, and a marine biologist. (laughs) In some combination, maybe. Um, But due to circumstances, or maybe how others make us feel, or how we ourselves make us ourselves feel that those thoughts can be taken away. And I guess you could describe them as years of high charcoal clouds, uh, black clouds that block our view, that are smothering, and how those thoughts are gone, barricaded. And maybe it doesn't feel all bad, because maybe... We forget our childish dreams or the dreams that aren't childish, but we held them when we were younger, and it is, as you put it, a pleasant rest and ink that held my eyes back softly until one day we can hold a mirror and face ourselves and face the things that we wanted to strive for and what we could be that maybe we didn't take the chance to look back in our youth, to hold that mirror face. I think this is a great poem where you can really pull what it means for yourself from it uh, in many different ways. There's a lot of different avenues and a lot of different insights because it's abstract yet grounded enough to the human experience, I think. Uh, So thank you, Mark, for sharing this with us. Next, we have a piece by Rococo Art Is Taken at Reddit, and it is titled... BATS OUTSIDE MY WINDOW I saw bats fly outside my window. I felt safe. They'd roost in the neighbor's cherry tree. As a child, they'd fly past me, past my head. I swear I could hear them. My father told me I was lying. My father was a vet. One day he brought one home in a shoebox. The fur ball sat there with a broken wing, looking innocent. We treated it, hung it in a tree, its tendons latching before the moon's silver tongue in the coolness of a summer's eve, between houses, eaves, and blackened leaves. I lean on the window sill with my arms folded, a spirit filling the void. They're mammals with the joy of a dog, reflexes of a mouse like a boat tacking through the air, they feed on the flying insects during a summer day's slumber. And I dislike mosquitoes. I didn't realize they lived here too. I felt safe. I felt at home. So thank you so much, Rococo. Rococo? I'm not sure that's how you say it. Uh, for sharing this piece with us today. Uh, regarding this piece, they said, not many people get to see bats close up and counter public perceptions. They are actually adorable little things. I write poems for fun, and it helps my health. I have reoccurring psychosis, which I must admit I struggle with at times. Although I've never written about my condition, I find the process of creating poems therapeutic, especially linking emotional connection to sensory perceptions. First, I want to say thank you for sharing your background information especially on why you like to write poetry. Uh, I experienced myself, and numerous people have experienced, I shared on this podcast, uh, that it is therapeutic to be able to uh, paint pictures with our words, create from our experiences, create from something new, uh, attaching our, as you said, emotional connections to our sensory perceptions, and it can help you through a lot, good and bad. And so I just really wanted to highlight that, especially if you're thinking about writing and you're listening to this show, but you don't really ever do it, to give it a shot. Um, even if you're feeling down or if you, if you have nothing to write about, you might find you heel in a unique way by doing so.
1: I also really love this
0: poem because I do actually really like bats. <laughs> um, if you ever had a chance, I think it's called The Flying Fox, and it's the world's largest bat, I want to say. Um, but this show is not focused on biology, I know, I just really like animals. Uh, but painting this scene and going through your memories through this poem of how uh, what bats mean to you and how they give make you feel comforted and safe, uh, that they remind you of home and sharing your experiences uh, with your dad and this one particular bat, I think just painted a nice walk through memory lane is one way to put it. Along with that, having a written piece that's not painting bats as a vampire, you know, or a terrifying monster, but as he put it, uh, mammals, the joy of a dog, reflexes of a mouse, and they get rid of mosquitoes and other insects that might be bothersome. So I thought this was just a unique take on something that a lot of people fear, and turning it into a heartwarming, comforting poem. That reminds us of home, especially if you live in a place with bats like I do. <laughs> Anyways, I really enjoy this po- poem, so thank you for sharing with us. And so that's it. That is the episode. Thank you so much to all those who have sent in their work and are willing to have their poetry, their words, shared on this podcast by someone you don't know. <laughs> I always appreciate it and I'm always blown away. Uh, that you give me this opportunity. And thank you for putting up with my absence. Um, I know that some of you have emailed in and sent messages. Uh, some have wished me a uh, speedy recovery. And so I appreciate the patience and the understanding. And if you ever heard from me, I swear I'll get back to you, just taking it a step at a time. Uh, so thank you so much, guys, for sharing and being part of the episode. If you enjoyed this episode, and you'd like to help out the podcast, leave a review or a rating wherever you listen to your podcasts, on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify, iTunes, what have you. Uh, Leave a review. Leave a five-star rating if you enjoyed it that much. It just helps out the show. It wants to grow and reach more people's ears, and maybe they'll be inspired to write something after they listen to the show. Uh, Try to grow more writers around the world, just even to have more unique takes on life. Also, if you'd like to go above and beyond, this show does have a Patreon. Uh, it's just there if you want to do a little bit extra for the show. Always appreciate it, but you can find that on my Twitter or in the link of the show, or just look up Dead Letter Radio uh, Patreon, and you should be able to find it. If this was your first episode tuning in, and you'd like to know how to have your own work potentially featured on the show, I'll go over that quickly. Uh, it's very easy to do so. You can send in your piece, Uh, via email, which is deadletterradiopodcast at gmail.com, and you can go through there and send it in, which would be in a PDF file, preferably, but it can also be a Word document, or just in the email itself. Uh, But include the piece, the title if it has one, also how you'd like to be credited, whether that is a pen name, your actual name, a username, just something I could feel comfortable reading on the air, Um, or you can even be anonymous, so you always have the choice to be anonymous, have no name tied to it, um, if that's what you're comfortable with. And then include any background information you potentially would want shared, uh, just, you know, why you wrote the piece, uh, what inspired you, what was your goal with it, doesn't mean it always gets shared, but if you potentially want something shared regarding the piece, you can include a small paragraph with it. And that's it. If you can't remember all that and want to look at rules, you can go to my Twitter, that's Dead Letter Cast on Twitter, Dead Letter Cast C A S T. There on my bio, I'll have a pro- link to the rules of submissions and how to submit your work. So it's very easy to remember. I'm trying to get back into the habit of doing this, so sorry if I sound repetitive. It's been a while. But I think that's it. I think I covered everything after being gone for a month or so. so um, Thank you once again everyone, really, I truly mean it, uh, for listening to the show and being on this journey as always and uh, entertaining me by uh, listening in, but also by giving all these writers who have submitted their work and trusted me to share their worries with all of you, uh, the proper respect and time and love, uh, because one of the most nervous things is sharing our personal work, our personal creations, and so I'm sure they all appreciate it as much as I do to be able that you guys are listening in, taking in their work and maybe some thought their words would never be heard by anyone else. So it's just a great experience all around that I think everyone is making everyone else in this exchange happy. (laughs) At least I know I am. Once again, this is Dead Letter Radio. My name is Taze and I'm wishing you all safe travels.